Hi there, my name's Austin and I'm part of Coherence's public sector team. Welcome to our first in what I hope will be a series of technology roundups. In this short podcast, short enough perhaps for you to make a cup of tea and get some way through drinking it, this started off as a personal roundup of happenings across central government, local government and the NHS. This is all part of our commitment to better understand the drivers and trends of digital maturity and capability across the vast breadth of the sector. Not wanting to keep our learnings hidden away, the culmination of our reading and our chatter has been turned into this podcast. So, first up, this week we read an interesting article from David Knott, the Cabinet Office's recently appointed CTO. In his regular newsletter, entitled A Lot to Learn, Knott posted an insightful take on ingenuity and the all-too-common risk of unnecessarily extending the life of a solution or system rather than just overhauling it. In the end, the post called for an honest conversation between leaders and stakeholders about the risks of overly stretching the shelf life of critical systems. He spoke in more detail about his approach to legacy in a similarly recent interview with Public Technology. In the interview, he claimed that legacy challenge within government was far from being unique. Legacy technology and technical debt have been a challenge that the UK government has been very vocal about for nearly three decades. So much so that in 2021, the National Audit Office released a report on the challenges of implementing digital change and listed 11 different strategy papers. This went as far back as the 1996 government directive and each and every single strategy paper drew attention to the challenge of legacy systems. In a similar vein and seemingly unnoticed by the media last month, we looked at the written evidence that was submitted to the Public Accounts Committee by the technology companies Splunk and DX Technology, as well as the University of Sussex Digital Futures at Work Research Centre. The call for evidence was part of an inquiry titled Digital Transformation in Government Addressing the Barriers to Efficiency. Now Splunk, which is a software platform that lets you search, analyse and visualise machine-generated data, works with enough government clients that they've got some pretty interesting data-driven insights. In its response, it noted that legacy tech issues were causing a chronic lack of visibility across and between departments, which in turn fundamentally obscures their ability to identify and quickly respond to problems. What was perhaps more interesting, however, was that across all three submissions, the most pressing area of concern was around skills. Now for us, this highlights the fact that Technical debt can be borrowed from more than just system. There's a skills and culture legacy challenge that's arguably bigger than the technology and systems challenge. The fight against legacy is always going to be that much harder without an underlying culture that champions good design and good development. Government's not lacking in healthy development cultures. However, as we see them, they're isolated with no clear path to amplifying them across organisational boundaries. In other news, at the end of June, the Central Digital and Data Office, or the CDDO, published a blog post on the use of generative AI. It told us that they were actively guiding UK government in adopting Gen AI and large language models whilst ensuring responsible usage. The guidance emphasised the benefits and potential risks of AI, encouraging civil servants to leverage emerging technologies, productivity, to comply with data protection protocols, and to verify and appropriately cite outputs from generative AI. A few days later, we saw that it was reported that the Cabinet Office had actually published formal guidance to civil servants, encouraging them not to write policy papers or other types of formal documentation using Gen AI tooling. Now, not one to miss the party, at Cadurance, we've been quietly studying and experimenting with tools such as GitHub's Copilot and AWS's CodeWisp. Our findings are that, in short, these tools are a capacity force multiplier for technical teams. While cautiously optimistic, 
we're keen to emphasize the symbiotic relationship between AI and human technical experts. We advocate for a balanced approach that preserves the principles of software craftsmanship. You can find out more about this from Matt Belcher and Danish Javid's blog and ebook titled Is AI About to Revolutionize Software Development? Matt will also be hosting a discussion on this very subject on the 26th of September at the Leeds Digital Festival, where we'll be joined by Sally Villegas from CAI, Catherine Holden from Tech UK, and Lewis Ford from AirLogic. Now, central government is not alone in wishing not to miss out on the bounty of AI. Local authorities have been keen to quickly realise some of those resource-saving capabilities. Robotic process automation, or RPA, has long been lauded as the automation life jacket for increasingly underfunded local authorities. But RPA has traditionally struggled to move beyond the routine and repetitive tasks. AI and machine learning offer councils the opportunity to more intelligently leverage their data at pace and to deliver better and more targeted services. Many councils are looking to strengthen their internal capabilities around AI and ML. This week, in an article by UK authorities Mark Say, it was announced that Wirral Council, for example, had contracted Simpson Associates to help them onboard Microsoft's Fabric platform for their future ML development needs. Next up in another local government update, our recent work on implementing effective single sign-on or SSO and identity access management with clients has had us reading about SSO generally in the public sector with the government digital services one login unlikely to be available for local authorities anytime soon, if at all, it prompted us to think a bit more deeply about whether or not local authorities were actually calling for it. Luckily for us, David Briggs, Adult Social Care and Digital Lead at Lambeth Council, posted about this very subject a couple of weeks ago. In his article on LinkedIn, he addressed a post from 2016, which claimed that single sign-on and citizen portals were both unwanted and unneeded. In summary, Dave's article insists that there's still no user need for expensive and difficult to implement single sign-on solutions. This has prompted a bigger discussion about the over-homogenization of approach to technology. And it's one of the pitfalls with digital transformation generally. We'll also be talking about some of these pitfalls at the Leeds Digital Festival at a different talk on the 20th September, where Codurance co-founder Sandra Mancuso will lead a panel with Paula Scurfield from Axiologic, Moa Noshapur from Lassa Limited, and Rachel Morgan from Flutter. And finally, some news from the NHS space. This week, we were intrigued to learn about the merger between Babylon and MindMaze, which has collapsed, leaving the once championed health tech company potentially looking to sell off its GP at hand service. Now, the GP at hand service supports around 100,000 NHS patients in London, myself included, and was an early mover in the AI chatbot space, attracting quite a bit of awe and criticism alike. We anticipate that the downfall of Babylon will be eagerly watched by government as they seek to lessen the burden on NHS staff through digital tooling. Indeed, it was only last month that Health Minister Stephen Barclay announced that the number of NHS health checks carried out between 2022 and 2023 more than doubled. Interesting to see also that the Department of Health and Social Care with NHS England are already working on a new digital cardiovascular health check tool, which they seek to roll out in spring and serve over 1 million patients across the year. That's all we have time for in terms of our recent musings on public sector technology news. We'll share the transcripts, including links to articles and sources on our website, and hopefully we've done some of the legwork for you in capturing a snapshot on what's going on. If you've enjoyed this brief roundup, please let us know. We'll be leaving our contact details in the transcript. And in the meantime, you can find an incredible amount of free technical content on our website, that's coturance.com, with structured learning resources, videos, and articles. We look forward to providing you with another roundup in the coming weeks. Thanks again for joining us.